And today's message is called Breakfast with Jesus. Break, break fast, break fast. And we're breaking the fast, right? So we're going to talk about breakfast with Jesus. We're going to talk about breaking the fast here real quickly because I want you to understand, you know, I know some people have, have done water for just a couple weeks and, 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 you, and some of you have done without food and without meat and stuff. And I want you to understand very carefully that, that when you do those kind of things, you don't just go right back into it and you just don't start just eating steak. It'll mess your stomach all up. Really, when you, when you break a fast, break fast, you have to be careful on what you do. Start eating soft foods and, and go from there and, and not go right into the heavy foods because it'll really mess your stomach up. So I want you to understand that and be careful. And then also, when you're breaking a fast, if you, if you gave up Facebook or if you gave up some things, it's, that's not the time to say, okay, the fast is over. I'm going to go back to all my old habits and go right back to what I was doing and everything. It's designed to help you to have control and discipline in, in areas that you're giving up. You know, you know, so instead of going to Dunkin' Donuts and getting coffee, uh, a large coffee with seven cream, seven sugar, I'm probably just going to go get coffee with cream and sugar and see how that works. You know, instead of eating a pound of bacon, I might just eat a lot. <laughs> you know, and so, so uh, but, but, but you got to be careful because seriously, you're going straight to the greasy foods and stuff like that, you know, it's really hard on your body and you got to be careful. And if you are breaking and you're giving up sodas and stuff, if you're giving up sodas, you're probably not going to want to go back because once you try one, I mean, someone even told me this morning, Debbie Neal said, I just, I just had a little bit after she had fasted for so long on sodas, and she tried it, and after she, she tried it, she was like, man, I, I just like, wanted to throw up. It was just so sweet, and so she just couldn't take it. So a lot of things that you, that, you, that you have done, you might continue to do in some way, or at least have, you know, cut back on it. That's what's the design. It's designed for spiritual strength and also for your, phys- your, your physical as well. But I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about breakfast with Jesus. Break fast and breakfast with Jesus. There's, did you know that Jesus had breakfast and it talked about breakfast in, in the Bible? In John 21, on 1 through 19, I'm just going to read a section of it, 11 through 14. But it says, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land. I'm only reading a portion of it. I'm going to go back and tell you the whole story. But it says, Simon Peter re- um, went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish. Does anybody know how many fish was in that net that, that day? It's full. It's full. Does anybody, a, it, the Bible says there's a number. 153. Amen. Well, Jay's always a man, a scholar of the word. 150, there was 153 large fish, it says. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. And this is the New King James Version. It says, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Because see, he had just died and appeared to them yesterday, or um, a, a, you know, a couple times, and um, he had just died the week before, about eight days before that. And so it says, Jesus came to them and took bread and gave it to them, and likewise a fish. Now was the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples since he had raised from the dead. Now see, in chapter 20, that was verse 20, chapter 21, in chapter 20 there was a lot going on. He had showed himself to the disciples twice already. And he had already given them, the, said, you know, I want to give you the Holy Spirit and, and I want to give you peace. And he said, I'm sent by God and now I want to send you. And he, sends, he said, I want to send you out. And the, and, and the thing is, is where do you go from there? God, God's dead and then Jesus was dead and then he rises from the grave and you're wondering where he's at. And then he shows himself to you and then he shows up and says, hey guys, you know, I, God sent me, I'm going to send you. You know, and then, he, then, he, then you don't see him again. You know, so what do you do in that case? Well, obviously, according to this scripture um, right here, you, you, uh, you go and go fishing. That's what you do. That's what, that's what it's not, it's not clearly, entirely clear what happened. But, but they went from Jerusalem, 
You know, where, where, where Jesus started his work, I mean, um, from Jerusalem to Tiberias, where Jesus started his work at. And when they, where they were from, they went all the way back there to Tiberias, and they were sitting there, and they were like, what is all this happening? What's going on? And this scripture takes place where Jesus spoke to them in Tiberias. And they're like, well, what's going on? Jesus was dead, now he's alive, he's sinning us. What, what do we do? God had given them a word, and then they were at a place where it was inconvenient or, or uncomfortable for them. And they were like, well, what do we do? And Peter was there, and he was kind of the leader of the bunch, and he had six guys around him um, that, were, that were there with him. It says, there, it says there were several other disciples there. Simon Peter was there. Okay, Thomas, Nathaniel, James, and John, which was the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples that were there as well. And, and so they were there, and they're like, well, what do we, what do, we do now? What, what's got to happen now? And so Peter says, guys, I don't know. I'm going to go fishing. You know what a lot of men do when you get stressed? What are you going to do? I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> you know, so that's what Peter did. Peter went fishing, and then the other disciples said, uh, disciples and apostles that were there with him, they said, well, what are we going to do? I'm, we're going to go with you. And so they decided to go fishing with him. So what, what, what's, a, what's a spiritual truth right here that we can so easily go across? When God speaks to us and talks to us and says, hey, here's that situation that's going to go on in your life. Here's, here's my promise to you. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you get to a place where you're, you're not sure what's happening. You don't, God's, God's dead and, and, and to, to you. You feel like I don't feel him. I don't sense him. I don't know where he's at. I, I, I felt like I sensed him for a second, but now he's gone again. Is he going to leave me? What's, what's happening? So many times in that situation, what do we do? We do just like, just like Peter and the disciples did. We go back to where we first started. God's like, I got a promise. Here you go. Let me sit you on the path. Let's go forward. And then it gets uneasy, uncomfortable. We don't know what's happening. We don't realize, we don't understand it. And we're like, well, what, what do I do? We always go back to our ways instead of standing firm on the path and staying strong and saying hey i've got it god's called me to this he's going to rescue me he's i don't have to be a slave to fear i'm a child of god and i know god don't you don't have to go back to doing what you always did and we as christians so many times when we get uncomfortable with what god's doing when the way god's moving in our life when we get uncomfortable we just go back to our old ways um, and, and depart from what god was trying to say us but they were saying hey we're hungry we're fishermen what am I supposed to do? Only, only, you know, only uh, a few days ago, about, about eight days ago, I was sitting with Jesus, and, and we had the Last Supper, and I ate that bread, and that bread, I felt like that bread satisfied my soul. I took the cup of wine, and I drank that wine, and I felt like I would never thirst again, but then all of a sudden, Jesus left, and he wasn't around, and I didn't see him, and I didn't feel him anymore. So what, what's happening? What's going on? Maybe I can go back to know, what, to know how I'm hungry now, what can I do? I can go back to what I know how to do and feed myself that way rather than trusting God and knowing that God had a plan and he had revealed to them to do that. But see, the Holy Spirit had not come yet, so the Comforter was not here yet. So they were kind of in limbo, and they should have trusted Jesus because he told them what was going to happen. See, three years ago, prior to this happening, three years ago was the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he called Peter from the boat and said, Leave your dad, quit fishing, and come follow me. But right before that happened, he, he, he had said he, had, he was on the boat with his, and he, he was fishing and uh, he threw the net out and he didn't catch anything. And Jesus told him, said, throw your net out, throw your net out again. And that time, it, it was so many fish that he caught that the net broke. It was so, it was so they couldn't hardly tow, tow it all in. And then Jesus brought him to the, to the shore and said, hey, you know, you're, you're a fisherman of fish right now, but I want you to be fishermen of men. And then what happened, whenever he lost a vision, he lost a dream of what God told him, all of a sudden he knows he's supposed to be fisherman of, of men, but what does he do? He goes back to being a fisherman 
of fish to try to handle it and provide for himself rather than trusting Jesus to handle it for him. And so things didn't go very well. I'm going to kind of talk to you as a parable today. You know I like to switch it up and I don't preach the same ways all the time. So today I'm going to kind of tell you the story and bring out truths in the middle of it. But, but, but it didn't go very well. They went back to do what they knew to do. They were professional fishermen and they went out there and they couldn't catch anything. They were about 100 yards out. They couldn't catch anything. And then a lot of, whenever you had those kind of situations, if someone knew where a little hole was at, you might have had a fisherman on, on, on the, the land that would say, hey, there's a hole over here. So it wasn't odd to them. And, and, but this voice from, the, from, the, from, the, from the, the beach said, hey, hey, matter of fact, he said, children, here it is. He says, this is what Jesus said, children, you have no fish, have you? And I love it. You know, you know, whenever a kid, you know, when people, adults are doing things that you know that they're just being silly and stupid, you know, you're like, children, children. You know, you're just picking at them saying, children, what are you doing? You know, you're acting like a child right now. You're not being an adult, you know. And we tell our teenagers that sometimes, child, you're, you're being a kid right now. You know, but so what he said, children, have you one, 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 one translation was like, catch anything yet? <laughs> you know, he's out there like, what are you doing? You know you're not supposed to be catching fish. You're supposed to be catching men, and I'm going to provide for you. But you, took, you chose yourself to go back to your old ways, and now you're fishing, and you're, not, and you're not even successful at that because you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. See, in our life, as Christians, sometimes we choose to do things that God has not directed us to do, and it causes us to fail at it because God's like, that's not, what I, that's not the direction. I, I put my path out there for you, and you're not listening to me. And you're not going to be successful at what you're doing until you do what I've called you to do. And so, he, he, and so when he said that, he says, throw it out on the other side. And so, like I said, it was normal to hear voices from up there. And so he threw it out on the other side, and they caught 153 large fish. And then at that moment, Peter went back to three years ago whenever he was a fisherman on his boat with his dad, and he heard that voice say, throw out again, and he threw it out again. He's like, wait a second, and fish, and this time I caught fish. That's got to be Jesus. And then, then John, which is the beloved, the one who, who, lo- who loved God, said, hey, he cried out, that is Jesus. And so what's so funny about, you're going to hear me say the, the one who loves God or, or, the, or the disciple. What's so funny about that is no other, no other uh, chapter in the Bible or book in the Bible talks about the one who loved God pretty much except for the book of John. Okay? So guess who wrote the book of John? John did. And guess who is the one who wrote? It's the one whom God loved. <laughs> you know, he was like, it's me. I'm the disciple. I'm the one who God loves. And at the very end of that scripture, it even says that he was the one who wrote it at the end of this chapter. But so he went back three years. He's like, oh, no. So at that point, he got excited to see Jesus, that he's providing for him again. He's back, you know. And so he jumps out. Matter of fact, it doesn't just say he jumped out. It says that he put his clothes on. Y'all kind of quiet on that one. He, he, it says he had stripped his clothes down to fish. So I don't know if he had his drawers on or what. I, I, hope, that, I hope at least he had some drawers on. You know, but, but it says he put his clothes on and jumped into the water and went running up there and, and swimming fast as he could up, up to, to the shore to, to see Jesus. And he got up there. And when he got up there, Jesus had a charcoal grill going, charcoal, and the smoke was just bringing him up. He had, you know, he, it, was, it was a whole lot better than, than the George Foreman. He, was, he had it all on the beach and a whole dug and everything was happening right there and he and when, when Peter ran up there he smelt the smoke of the charcoal all of a sudden he stopped and he froze he froze for a minute you know why he froze because the last time that he had smelt charcoal 
was whenever Jesus was being betrayed, and Jesus was at Caiaphas' house, and, and Peter was inside the gate, and he was around the charcoal fire, it says. The Bible talks about it being there, too. And he smelt that charcoal fire, and he realized, you know what? They, they said, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? You know this man that's in there? What did Peter do? Jesus had already told him he was denying, denying three times. He said, oh, no, not me. God, I love you more than anybody. And what happened? He said, no, 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 I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know him. I, I just know of him. And somebody else said, I think, I think you know him. I, I think I've seen you with him. No, no, I, no, I don't know him. And someone else said again the third time, I know I saw you with him. No, I don't, I don't know the man. I don't, care. I don't care about the man. So the last time he smelt that charcoal, and you know how some things are triggers, you know, with, with addicts or whoever, people you smell. You know you can walk in a place and it remind you of a vacation you went on or remind you of a, your honeymoon or remind you of a situation or a date you've been on. So he smelled that, that, and he just got full of shame and guilt. He was so excited to see him, and, and Jesus kind of let him off the hook. And Jesus said, hey, just, uh, just go ahead and go ahead and bring, the fit, bring me some of the fish I can put on the grill. So he, he went out there and started pulling them all in, and all the disciples came around Jesus and around the fire, and I guarantee you Peter kind of, you know, you know he's crazy. He, he, he's ADD and wild man and, and just impulsive, you know, kind, kind, of, kind, of like, kind of like me at times, you know. And, but, but I'm sure he kind of hid back in the back a little bit. You know, now I'm, now I'm full of shame. I'm full of shame. That's what I'm full of right now. And, and, and the thing is, is, is uh, that, that when that happened, Jesus looked at him through everybody else. It said, Simon, son of John. Now, you know when Jesus calls you by your first name that you're in trouble. <laughs> my mom would look at me and say, Douglas Eugene? Don't, know, don't nobody tell my, nobody my middle name is Eugene, okay? I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to say that. But when she said that, I was like, yes, yes, ma'am. You know, and so when Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Son of John. Now, I know back in Matthew, the Bible says that his name is Simon Bar-Jonah, which means Simon, son of Jonah, okay? But, so why did they call him John? Well, some translators or some, some theologians say that, that Jonah, John, could kind of, they could have two names that he kind of, like a nickname that he goes by. And, and, and you know, in some, you know, and this some says that, that it could have been another name for it or, or how he translated it, or, you know, it could have just, it could have been, uh, just some kind of weird situation. That's what they called him, okay? So, but he said, but he said, yes. He asked him, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, you know I love you, Lord. And then, 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 then I just guarantee you, he just I, just, I know his personality type. And I know he had to explain. Well, let me tell you what happened. I know I denied you. And you told me I was, but, but I was, and, you know, and then, and then right in the middle of all that, Jesus looked at him and didn't say nothing and said, feed my lambs. Well, okay, um, we, I mean, feed, feed my lambs. Lambs are baby sheep, so you want me to feed the, the, the children, and you want me to feed the, feed the young Christians. Okay, well, I, but, but God, I can't even feed myself. Here I am trying to get, I can't, you had to come tell me where the fish are at. How can I feed anybody else when I can't even feed myself? And I'm sure Jesus went over back to the fire and just, just was thinking and putting his, putting his, his, his get, turning his fish over, and he looks at, looks at him again and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, yes, Jesus, I love you. Yes, I, lo I love you. I, 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 I really love you. You know I love you. I, I, I know I messed up, but I, I, I was excited to see you. I love you so much I jumped out half naked <laughs> to come run up here to you, and, and I wanted to see you. And, and Yes. He said, he just looked at him and said, then tend my sheep. So, oh, wow. So, 
you want me to tend the sheep. So to tend the sheep, then that makes me a shepherd. So you want me to, you want me to be a shepherd of these people, How, of your sheep, of your people? I can't do that, God, because, uh, Jesus, because I, I can't be a shepherd. I, I can't do that. That means i got to protect them. And I'm, not, I'm weak myself, you know, and I'm crazy. And, I, you know, I chop off ears and stuff. And maybe I'm not supposed to, you know. And, and I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can protect and stand between them and protect them and help them and, and tend to their needs. And I, I just don't know. If I can do that, maybe you get somebody stronger. And then, then Jesus just looked at him again and said, Simon, son of John, a third time, do you love me? And he got kind of ticked at this point. He was like, oh, gosh, I just told you twice. I'm getting, he's getting frustrated. I don't think he did get frustrated with Jesus, but he did. You know, he said, yes, Jesus, yes, yes, I love you. From his, from his soul, I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. This time he didn't argue. He didn't argue this time because he got it. God was commissioning him at this point. Three times he denied him. And he could have just said, I forgive you, Peter. No big deal. He's done that many times. I forgive you. Go and say no more. But with Peter, the way Peter works in his mind, he's that, that orange personality kind of, that, 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 that he had a, a different way, and God knew how to help him. And so what he did was he helped him forgive himself. Do you love me? Yes, yes. And he, he allowed him to help forgive himself. Three times he betrayed Christ, and three times God asked him, do you love me? Isn't that odd or amazing or incredible? Three times. And he walked him through the process of forgiveness and showed him, said, yes, you did that. You betrayed me when I was dying and going to the cross. Nobody came to the cross but John. I mean, he didn't say this, but this is, this is what happened. Nobody came to the cross but John and Mary. All the, everybody else ran. And, they were slaves of fear. Oh, my God, Jesus is gone. Our, our, our security is gone. What are we going to do? And everybody just, just jetted. Everybody left. But he's standing there, and he says, do you love me? Yes, I love you. And he realized, wow, God is a, he's commissioned. He just, he's forgiven me. And then he's, that's what he meant by I'm sending you out, and I'm kind of the leader of this group right here right now, and, and, and he's going to send me out, and I'm going to be the leader, and I'm going to go out and do things for God. I'm going to take the, 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 the children and the, and the young Christians, and I'm going to feed them, and I'm going to help feed them and, and help teach them how to because you know they failed a lot in their life because they're new Christians and they're they're, they're baby Christians and they're and they're children and are t teenagers and so I know what failure is like because I failed a lot I failed you a lot Jesus I know what it's like so yes you know what I will go feed I will go feed the lambs I'll go feed them because I know what it's like the hunger that I have I can also God I can also feed sheep Tend the sheep. I can tend the sheep. I can go help those who, who are living a, a, a life of, of, of Christianity and trying to live a life. And I feel like I, I've, I've learned from you and I've grown from you and I've learned from my mistakes. You're commissioning now. You're trusting me. You're going to give me, just like you're walking through this process, you're going to be with me and walk me through the rest of this process to help these other people that are out there. I'm going to preach the gospel to them. And I'm going to help them. And I'm going to feed them. I'm going to give them the bread of life and the water of the word of God. To help them live the way they should. I'll do it, God. I'll do it. I'm going to need your strength, but I'll do it. I'll do it. And Jesus probably passed around some fish some more. They were started eating because, because the first couple of questions when Jesus was asking him, Hey, do you love me? I guarantee you. P Peter was nauseous. He felt like he was about to throw up. Jesus Christ is saying, Do you love me? Do you? And like, you, don't, you don't believe me? He's getting nauseous. He's, he's about to throw up right there on the beach. You know, I would throw up eating fish anyway, on the beach or not, but... Fish for breakfast when I went to Israel, man. 
They had these fish with fish heads. I go down for breakfast looking for the grits and eggs and bacon, and there's fish heads. And I was like, I can't do this. I begin a fast until lunch. It just can't happen. I mean, I was like, God, I just, I, uh, I'm, one morning I walked down, there's so much of, of that, uh, that that's curry. Jesus, help me. Uh, that's, that, ju- I walked down one morning, honestly, down the stairs, and I, I smelt that curry. I almost got sick. I just went back to my room. I said, call me, and I'll hold my nose and run to the bus. Because it's just so strong, and there's fish heads. I just can't. It's just too much for me. So, so, but he was nauseous because he, because he was being challenged by Jesus and, and walked through this process. But see, the thing is, is then, and he's standing there after he said that, and he's feeling kind of good because, you know, yes, I'll feed, and I'll feed your lambs. I'll give them the word of God. I'll preach the gospel of Jesus. I told you I would do it, and I, you're giving me strength now, and I know I can make it now. I believe it. The way you looked at me and talked to me today and fed me today, I can do this. And then all of a sudden you got another whiff of the charcoal, which to some people would have set them right back to where they were. But Peter said, I'll never smell that again the same. Instead of smelling it as my failure and my betrayal, now I'll smell it as my commissioning, my going forth. God will use the same thing sometimes that causes you to trigger to go back to sin. He'll use the same thing to remind you where you come from to where you can go, and he'll set you forth. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And he'll do that. And Jesus loves you. Jesus was always strengthening him and surprising him with fish on the beach, a big old, a big old breakfast on the beach. Yes, God. Yes, I will feed your sheep. Yes, I will tend your sheep. Yes, I will feed your lambs. And according to the, to the gospel of, of John at the resurrection, like I said, there was nobody really there um, um, after the resurrection at the tomb. You know, you know, Mary Magdalene was really excited to try to go see him, but who, guess who else was there? Peter. Peter ran to the tomb. He wanted to find out where Jesus was because he's like, man, I want to see him. I, I, mess, I, I love him. I care for him. So the love was always there, but the, the weight of the world and his own insecurity and his, his own desires kind of pushed him away and it pushed him to go back to doing things that he used to do that God said, that's not what you are no more. So many times we go back to doing things that God says, that's not what you are, but we go back to it because we're comfortable with it. We can't stand uncomfortableness. Watch this. See? Everybody snorting, giggling, laughing, because you're quiet. It makes you uncomfortable. We can't stand that uncomfortableness. And when we get in that place, well, well, i got to do something. I just can't sit here in the quiet. I'm time to go get another cup of coffee, you know, whatever, you know. And so that's what happened, and he was uncomfortable. So he went back to what he was doing. The one of the most beautiful things in the Scripture, again, is, that, is that, that how Jesus takes Peter and walks him through this process of forgiveness and also a, a, an opportunity for him to believe in himself, to realize that God has called him. God has called you. You may stand in, you may be here today with shame in your life from, from things that you, you, well, I hadn't denied Christ. Yes, you have. Oh, you're kind of being kind of bold there, Pastor. You have and I have. There's, there's millions, thousands of ways to deny Christ. It's not saying, I don't know God. It's having an opportunity to minister to somebody God told you to and you don't. It's having an opportunity to share the gospel. And it's having an opportunity for someone says, oh, where do you go to church? At? I, I, I don't really go to church. Or I, 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 I go there and turn the cream of It's the opportunity when somebody looks at you and, and, and you know that, that, that they're, they're, they're hurting and they're broken and all you got to do is walk over and say, hey, can I pray with you? And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. You're denying Christ. 
We did not, man, this, this scripture hit me hard. I was like, oh my God, forgive me for the times that I've denied you, God, in ways I'll never, I haven't never hopefully denied Christ that, that there is no God, but, but, I, but, I, but I've denied Christ in my lifetime when God wanted me to show compassion on somebody. And I, was, and I didn't have compassion or I was mean or he wanted me to, you know, to show love or, or, or forgiveness to somebody and I didn't. I'm denying Christ. And the shame. Sitting there studying this message, shame came on me. And I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me, God, for my sins. God, forgive me for the times that help me never to deny you again. Help me never to deny you again. We have trouble forgiving ourselves for those things. But God says, look here, it's okay. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. It seems impossible that Jesus could keep loving me and keep choosing me and keep sending me. Peter, like I said, he chops off an ear. He, he denies Christ. He's crazy. He does all this wild stuff. He's out there fishing naked. You know, he, he does all this wild stuff. And Jesus says, but I've chosen you, Peter. I've chosen you. You are my disciple. Don't run from me. Quit running from me. Trust me. When you, whenever you get, get in that situation of uncomfortableness, uneasiness, just know that I got you. I'm always with you. I'll never leave you and never forsake you. And we got to know the same thing, that when life gets uncomfortable, when we get in situations that we don't understand, when we get in situations and circumstances that we're like, man, I don't know about this, God. But God, I know you called me to it, so I'm going to push through it. But don't go back to where you came from. Don't go back to, to, to your old life. Don't go back to, those, to those, those addictions. You broke this fast. Some of you don't need to go back to what you gave up. Some of you in this room right now, you gave up some stuff that you do not need to go back to. I don't know what that is. I, don't, I, I just feel like God's saying that you got, you, some of you, there's some things that you gave up that you do not need to go back to. It's a trigger. It's going to hurt you. And it's going to hurt your walk with God. Jesus is always choosing you. He's always calling you. He always wants you. And what do we learn about, about the gospel of Peter after that? Well, of course, they go to the upper room and the Holy Spirit comes down. And they all begin to speak in tongues and the Spirit gave the utterance. But then Jesus came down and touched Peter. And he went and defied the authorities, and he went to the synagogues. He defied the authorities and preached the gospel. And that next day, after, 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 the, after the, 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 uh, 120 in the upper room, do you know that Peter went up there and preached, and 3,000 people came to Christ? All of a sudden, old weak, crazy Peter, all of a sudden stepped up as a man of God and says, I'm not who I used to be. Yes, I'm still a little crazy, but still, I'm not who I used to be. And God's proclaimed me, and i got a, a mission to do. And when you walk in your anointing, you walk in your calling, you walk in what God wants you to do, you can find out that, you know what? Wow, I can do what you call me to do. And y'all know I'm pretty vulnerable and open, and I share my faults and failures with you a lot of times. And, and I, was, I was terrible. Ter ter I was terrified. I was terrified to become a pastor. But I knew God had called me. But I was like, I kind of felt like Peter. Well, I can go back to being a youth pastor. I got job opportunities in, 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 in Florida and Alabama and South Carolina and Tennessee. All these places I can go be a big youth pastor, be associate pastor somewhere and keep doing what I'm comfortable with. But God said, no, now I've called you to pastor. It's time. And I had to take that step. And now I'm doing it. And I'm doing what he's called me to do. Amen. And you can do the same. 
You can do the same. Jesus fed them breakfast. And he goes back and, and does all this kind of stuff. And, and let me tell you what the scripture says in John 21, 18, 19, and 25. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out. When you, when you are old, you will stretch out your, your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said to them to let them know what kind of death that he would be, that in his death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. And we know that this account of these things is accurate. Jesus also did many other things. That if they were all written down, it says, I suppose, John said, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. So, so Jesus said, right now you do what you want to, but one day you're going to stretch your arms out on a cross and you're going to die a glorious death for me. So the same guy that denied Christ, God's like, here, I got you here. You're getting ready to go preach. But listen here, you're not going to do this again. You're not going to deny me again. You're not going to turn away from me again because right now you, you have denied me in the past. Right now you've accepted the calling on your life. And now all of a sudden you're going to move over here and one day you're going to, you're going to stand for me so much that you're going to be willing to die for me. Peter had told him before at, at the Last Supper, oh, I'll die for you, God. See, he wasn't really willing to die because when it came down to it, he said, oh, I don't know him. But now he accepted the call and he realized he, he, that he believed in himself and God helped him. And now all of a sudden he's at the place where he says, I'm going to end up dying for you. And he, he went to a cross and history says that he died on a cross upside down on a cross. Because he said, I'm not worthy to die the way Christ did. So I'm here to tell you today, if I can have Don come. I'm here to tell you today, are you full of shame? from things that you've done that, you, that you're ashamed of? Or are you one of those who have, has denied Christ? Not outwardly, that I don't know him, but you deny him by your actions, by not being a Christian, by not doing the things that God's called you to do, by avoiding an opportunity to minister to somebody or pray with somebody or talk to somebody that God speaks to you about. I don't know about y'all, but I'm telling you, that shocked me to my core when I, when I really thought about denying Christ as not just saying I don't know Him. You can know Him and walk in, in, in faith and trust and faithfulness, but still deny Him periodically by your actions. I don't ever want to do that again. I want to hear His voice. I want, to, I want Him to speak to me. I want Him to speak to you. I don't want you to deny Him anymore you to be bold and loud and proud to be a Christian that you share it with the world that you share it with your friends and I used to tell teenagers all the time and if your friends like that you're a Christian or that you go to church or, or that you're saved then they ain't your friends they're using you for something and they will use you they'll use you for what they can get out of you and then when you're not there and you don't, you're not doing you're not the ride they need you're not providing this or that or money for them or whatever all of a sudden peace out deuces that's what they'll do. And I'm just here to tell you today that God is in control of your life. And I want you to bow your head, close your eyes right now. And I want to start off by asking, is there anybody here that will say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've denied him every day of my life because I don't even know him right now. I want to know him today. I don't want to, from this day forward, I don't ever want to deny him. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
Is there anybody here that that would say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian or or I've turned my back on God and I want to accept Him today. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. I want to be a Christian. Anybody at all, I'm going to raise your hand and say, I want to accept Christ. I want to be a Christian. I need Jesus. Anybody at all? Amen. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Who would say, Pastor Doug, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm living a Christian life. But after this message, I've realized that there's been times in my life that I have denied Christ and not, didn't even really know what I was doing. I don't ever want to do that again. Would you pray for me that I don't do that again? Anybody besides me raise their hand? Yeah. Take care of your one of us, probably good. Well, bow your head and close your eyes. We're, gonna, we're just going to pray for this individual that wants Christ, and I want you to pray with them so they can, they can feel comfortable in praying this prayer. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Purify me. I accept you as my King and my Lord. I believe you died on the cross and that you rose from the grave and you're in heaven. And I want to be there with you one day. I renounce Satan. I renounce my sin. I am a Christian. I am saved. You are my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. I know I'm going to mess up, but every time I do, I'm going to repent before your throne. Give me strength every day to make it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hey. Cut it.